0: Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fredland, and as always, we are sponsored by Running Aces Casino and Racetrack, so thanks to those guys for their ongoing support. This is episode 127, and it's going to be a little bit different today. We're not going to be talking a lot of strategy. We're not going to have a, a, a hand history. Instead, uh, we're going to be talking with two of the folks from the Charity Series of Poker, CSOP as some of you know it, uh, the founder Matt Stout, and the VP of Marketing Lexi Gavin. So I had a chance to sit down with them and do an interview and so that's what you're going to be hearing here uh, very shortly. Uh, Before we do that just a quick reminder that we are uh, just finished session six of the ten in Crazy Like a Fox and it's just been fantastic for those of you who've been a part of it uh, this last session we talked about psychology and before that we talked about hand uh, or, or physical tells and before that hand reading and math and all of these things so it's all really integrating well and so I'm really excited about the series and I'm excited to make that available to you guys once we're done we'll do some editing and then we'll make those videos available for those of you who, have, who haven't uh, had a chance to be a part of the uh, kind of the interactive discussion we've had some good, uh, good Q&A with Fox we've had some great discussion forum Uh, discussion on there as well so it's really been great so hopefully uh, you guys will enjoy that once that comes out Um, running aces results for the week ending april 21st congratulations to these guys the top four as always earned tournament lammers kind of a bonus for a good results for the week so rick oman uh, who's been on just a tear uh, everywhere he goes, uh, he was the player of the week this week with thirty four points, followed by the great Kevin Kelsenberg and then Jason McGuire and Brian Morey, uh part of Rec Poker Nation. So congrats to all of you guys for that. so let's uh, let's not waste any more of your time. Uh, let's get right into the interview that I had with Matt Stout and Lexi Gavin from the charity series of Poker. All right, guys. Well, as promised, uh, we are here with Matt and Lexi from the charity series of poker. And first of all, guys, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to be with me. Uh, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while is to connect with you guys. So it's exciting to actually uh, have this happen. So where, where are you guys calling in from?
1: I'm, I'm in New York right now.
0: I'm in Vegas. Oh, the opposite coast.
1: And you're, you're Minnesota?
0: I'm in Minnesota. So I split the difference. So I'm, I'm kind of like the, I'm the average of you two. <laughs> <laughs> something like that <laughs> well well cool so now you guys are involved obviously in the charity series of poker And I know you both play also and if we have time we'll kind of get into some of that part of it uh, but I think the focus for today is really about the, the charity series of poker And I'd love to start a little bit uh, maybe with you Lexi as far as you know how did you get into poker in the first place let's start with just poker in general uh, okay. did you did you play growing up or what, what's your story there
1: yeah, I, I always played uh, for fun mostly with my brother, and we went to college together. So we would have home games in our in our uh, college house. Um, and then I started taking it a little more seriously. I started playing online, and then after I graduated from college, I um, I had I was thinking about going to law school, and I realized, well, I kind of like poker, and I'm kind of getting good. And I I I I slowly uh, started studying a lot and putting a lot of work in my game and started winning and, and I was kind of like, I'll hold off on law school for now. And then I, I started it very seriously and, um, yeah, started playing, playing full time. After online poker got banned, I moved up to, to Canada with a group of friends and started playing online there and then, um, moved to Vegas, made the switch to live poker and have been playing live ever since.
0: Sweet. Now, how about you, Matt? Uh, what's your story?
2: Um, I started playing poker when I was four years old, but I didn't play that much until I got into the hold of praise at 19, right around the moneymaker effect. I was already the vice president of Habitat for Humanity for my college. So right after I started playing, I ran my first charity tournament at 19 years old and started playing for a living two years later, traveling around and took what was supposed to be a year or two off from college because I had made 70 grand in a couple months. And now we're, about twelve years, thirteen years into that hiatus from school since things have gone
0: relatively
2: well in the interim.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> would say I would say so. I've seen the Hand in Mob. I think it looks pretty good.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's going all right. Decent. Hasn't been terrible. We've been getting by, is what I'm getting. We've been
0: getting by. You're in scraping by. Okay, well that's that's <laughs> good to hear. So uh, so it's interesting. So you, you you did the first charity tournament before you actually turned pro. So habitat was part of your life then. Uh, obviously, you you've sort of been able to marry these two things: uh, your your desire to change the world, I guess, and your desire to play poker. So how how have you kind of combined those things? You know, I guess we're getting into the start of how CSOP started, but like, how did you how did you kind of marry those two things?
2: So in general, like, I I kind of had a rough childhood, and grew up like getting myself in trouble, had been arrested a couple of times in high school, was. You know, selling weed and doing all kinds of things at that point and uh, it, I was headed down a bad path for sure and my brother like despite the fact that we grew up kind of bored my brother got into Johns Hopkins and somehow scraped together enough support from our family and extended network of people who could co-sign loans and stuff that he somehow made that happen and I'm so competitive with my brother that when he did that I was just like well I'm going to look like a real idiot going to jail or a community college at best now so I started to, like, get it together after that and kind of changed my path. And so he's always been the main positive inspiration in my life. And he was the president of Habitat for Humanity at Johns Hopkins. So I ended up kind of following down a similar path when I finally got into the the College of New Jersey, went down there, became their vice president. And that's when, around the same time, I had started playing. So, we ran that charity tournament. I got some prizes donated. Everyone had a blast. We raised over a thousand bucks. And it was always in the back of my mind as something I really wanted to do once I started playing poker for a living. Uh, online poker getting banned kind of slowed that down a little bit. But then, eventually, in 2014, I was back in the US a lot. And decided it was finally time to start doing what I could to put these things together. Started an annual event in Vegas, at Borgata, and then at Sentinel Hard Rock in Hollywood. So we had three events for the first four years. I spent $20,000 in my money and $15,000 that my friends had donated to put together all the event costs and setup costs, got everything I could donated. Random as effectively as possible, so the 35 grand that we spent turned into 350k that went directly to the beneficiary charities. We didn't even cover our costs back then. So um, when I started looking at what other charity tournaments were netting, I was like, "Where's the money?" I just, I, it made no sense to me why so many of them were making 100 percent ROI or less and not even doubling them the money that they were raising. So. At first, we were doing them as 50% of the prize pool and 50% to payouts, and now we've kind of switched the model, uh, doing guarantee main event seat for first, and now I came in and dang on the ground who asked me to take over as the event chair for the St. Jude event, where they spend a lot of money. It's a, pretty much a big gala event that also has a poker tournament associated with it, and we've cut the expenses and increased the revenue by more than 50% in our first year around with it, so... We're, we've kind of turned this into a consulting gig where we help other nonprofits see where they're doing it wrong, or if they haven't run a charity tournament ever, they have, you know, no clue where to start. They're kind of intimidated by gaming and all the regulations and everything associated with it. So we kind of know that inside out and backwards, and have developed a relationship with the game Control Board where. We can take the registration. We can help these nonprofits set up their own events in a way where they're effective and fun and are gonna generate interest from sponsors as well as their donors and yeah, that
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I've I i do not know if you know this or not, but you know, I'm kind of just kind of a thing that's near and dear to my heart too. I'm I started a nonprofit doing work in Rwanda and I've done seven of these all in for Africa charity tournaments. And, and that was always the challenge when I first approached the casino with uh, how do we how do we come up with something that's actually adding value to the players out of the casino? and giving money to the charity. And, and I worked long and hard on that and kind of came up with a model that really is doing all of those things too. So I understand the balance that you're, that you're facing as you're trying to put together those events. Uh, Lexi, tell me a little bit about your, I guess your background in your interest in nonprofit work. Like, is this just a job or is this something that's kind of near and dear to your heart or how did you get involved kind of giving back in your own personal life?
1: Um, it's extremely near and dear to my heart. Um, and I think one of the things that Matt you know, kind of seek me out is because um, I, I have been working with a charity called um, Support the Kid for Cancer. It's a children's cancer charity. And um, it was a charity that was started by a friend of mine who passed away. He was diagnosed with synovial sarcoma at an early age. So then after he passed, um, his friends and family and myself, we carried on the charity. And so I, I've had a lot of experience, um, you know, even before I met Matt at nonprofits. So I remember, I think, I think I met you, Matt, at the poker table, at the Borgata. I think we were grinding 2-5, right? And uh, we just started talking and I think we started, you know, talking about, um, I think I told you about support the kid then. And then a a friendship kind of developed and um, over time he, I slowly started working with Matt, helping him out with things here and there. And then he, he kind of asked me to, um, you know, you know, become the vice president of marketing. So I took that position and had no idea that we were going to grow so rapidly, you know, so, so much so quickly. And it's, it's an incredible thing. and I love it. Um, so yeah, just, uh, it, it's, you know CSOP. Matt started this charity, you know, from the ground up, and I told I was talking to him yesterday. I'm so impressed how he learned to do everything, and uh, you know, just there's there's so much. It was basically all him. But in a way, CSOP kind of feels a little bit like my baby because I kind of feel like I've been there from almost the start. So uh, it's very near and dear, and we just want it to grow, and uh, I think it's going to be going to be huge.
0: When when did you join, Lexi? Because I think it started 2014. Is that right? Um, and when did you come on board?
1: I think I was officially on board, what, Matt, three years ago?
2: 2016, yeah. yeah okay. Five.
1: Yeah, and uh, I started off by just, you know, going to his events and supporting and, you know, promoting a little bit. Nothing crazy. And uh, so, yeah, I guess we really started working together three years ago. And as okay. of a few days ago, I dropped the title of VP of Marketing, and now I'm the official vice president. So looking oh. forward you all of the extra workload he's gonna dump on me Ready? <laughs> <laughs> Ready?
2: yeah i was sick of her being like this isn't marketing related when i dumped something on her so i was like fine you're the vp like, <laughs> right, exactly
1: yeah, like, <laughs> yesterday and he was teaching me how to you know handle gaming applications and and dealing with the gaming commission uh, so
0: her face the
1: way, it's priceless. All right, Vice President, welcome to Hell.
0: <laughs> right, let's see, I can't give her this because it's not marketing. What what could I what title could I give her so that I can give her this garbage? Right, <laughs> <laughs> genius. Well, congratu- congratulations, though. Congratulations on the on. I, I mean, you're already your involvement, the impact you've already had, and now and now the promotion. That's fantastic.
1: I'm excited. We're gonna we're gonna do good, great work. I'm excited so,
0: for us to grow. Awesome. And so, Matt, it did start in 2014. If that's if if the website is correct, I guess. Uh, you're kind of the brainchild behind it. And now kind of, as we're sitting here in 2019, I I want to talk a bit more about the event specifically, but just kind of what's your vision for, like, what is, what is ultimately success? If you were to look back 10 years, you know, in 10 years from now, you look back at today and and what you've done over those 10 years, like what, what is it? Like, what do you ultimately want to accomplish? Is it, I mean, obviously it can be anywhere from the actual dollars of impact of the different charities to, kind of changing the fabric and the perspective of poker players as no longer just degenerates, but giving back to the world or, you know, I mean, what, what kind of is, what does that look like for you to say, uh, man, this was successful. This is exactly what I wanted to accomplish.
2: For me, I want this to be the, the model of the simple logistical solution for any worthy and legitimate nonprofit to make more money and raise more money and engage their base in a way that's fun for them, raises a lot of money. And a side benefit is obviously, you know, we have a lot of negative things that happen in poker. We want to offset that with the positive. And we want to be reflecting positively on the community and reminding people that it's not just a bunch of people gambling in the desert. Like, these people have hearts. They have a lot of philanthropic endeavors and desire to give back. And that, you know, poker has already become the number one way for, charities to raise money and we want them doing it the right way. We want people to run tournaments with integrity even when it's a charity event it's important that they're being run the proper way and you know with the proper regulations giving out the right prizes that are and everything's done in a way where it's not going to actually become a negative for poker. There have been charity events in the past that were run by unscrupulous people um, and or were for you know causes that were not worth giving money to. So we we sort of vet all of our potential beneficiaries and we try to help them run the tournaments as effectively and legitimately as possible. So we want to become the the national, even international solution where we can send someone to your event. We'll have an event coordinator and Alex and I will come out, show them exactly how this needs to be done, how the, how the sponsorship deck needs to be set up, how the step and repeat needs to be for for people to take photos before the event, getting a professional photographer there, running registration the proper way, setting up the silent auction in a way where the items are gonna catch people's interest and people are gonna bid on them, having people there to help them with the online bidding process, putting your silent auction online. There's so many things that I didn't realize were part of running a good charity poker tournament that it blows my mind. I Over the past five years, I've learned how to do all of this like inside and out. Have been able gotten to the point where, you know, I can't train someone how to do something if I don't know how to do it myself. So I put myself through the steps of learning everything we do inside and out, so that I can explain it to all of our volunteers, to my staff, to everyone. And it, it's been quite a journey. And I think that we're getting to the point where even when we come in for an event like the St. Jude event that has been run for five years by people who run you know, national events for St. True Children's Research Hospital and they know how to run these galas. We're the solution that they need to be able to run the poker side of it properly. And we've also learned a lot from each other about the best, most effective ways to do things and to set up the sponsorship decks and engage your partners and keep the sponsors and donors coming back year after year and making an event where they're going to remember it. They're going to want to come back and they're going to want to bring a friend. They're going to tell them like, I had an awesome time in this event last year. You should come with me.
0: Right. I think what
1: makes us valuable is the fact that we are professional poker players. So we are familiar with, you know, writing the tournaments and doing all that. Whereas, you know, organizations, they, they, love, they love the idea of, of holding a poker charity tournament, but they really don't know, you know, really how to run it correctly. You
0: know? so, so what do you find is kind of the, the biggest challenge of, I guess, some of those you've been running for a while, but if you're trying to set up a new thing, uh, what's the biggest challenge? Is it getting the casino on board? Is it figuring out what the charitable cause is going to be? Is it getting the, the donations and the players to get engaged? What's the, I guess, the biggest challenge uh, that, that always kind of seems to crop its head when you're when you're entertaining something new?
2: Getting people in the door year one. I mean, it's not that... I mean, we have enough of a network where we can help with a lot of different sponsors, Poker News and Faded Spade, I mean, or forget some... Some key ones. Like, oh, poker Go. There's different companies in poker that have done a lot, run good gear. <laughs> they donate to us yeah. at the event after event. And we kind of we have a network where as soon as we tell them, they're like, yeah, we're on board. So we already have kind of a built in network where we'll have a lot of the things donated and get a lot of our people who support all CSOP events on board. But then getting people, uh, getting the beneficiary to help get their. Um, donors and stuff engaged in the event to show up in the first year. Um, the events grow really well year after year. People are going to come back. People are going to bring friends. Like I said, they they pretty easily tend to um, have an uptake as soon as you get them going. But just marketing it to the mainstream, getting people out that aren't necessarily in the poker community and things like that. Just um, it's it's always tough just setting something up and making it happen like the uh, first time it's always a huge challenge and it gives me a little more anxiety. Whereas once you've run something two, three years, you know, you know, the same people are coming back and they're going to bring your friend.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, so Lexi, I'm I'm curious, sort of, how do you, uh, I mean, both of you have a heart for the charitable causes that you're, that you're involved with, I assume, otherwise you wouldn't be doing them. And I know you have seven of them listed out on the website. I'm sure there's others including the one that you mentioned, Lexi, how do you, how do you balance, um, Staying engaged with that side of it, with the heart side of it, with the ultimate goal of what you're doing and the the true impact that you're having, right? Because I, at the end of the day, money is going to an organization that could radically change the world in a positive way, but you're sort of what you have to do is all this organizational stuff. You know what I mean? Like you have to organize all of it, all the management stuff. And so what do you do uh, for you personally to to make sure that you stay engaged with the, the heart side of it and why you do what you do, even in the middle of you know, Matt dumping now stuff beyond marketing on you. Uh, you know how do, how do you how do you keep that uh, ultimate goal in in front of mind?
1: Um uh, just attending the events and you know seeing how much money we raise and just knowing you know that these charities are benefiting so much from what we do is this enough for me. And you know, like uh, um, you know, we work with a lot a lot with St. Jude, and I just went to um, they have a, a leadership convention every year in Memphis, Tennessee. And I went there uh, for the first time this year and you, you can actually see the you know, the patients, these kids there, they come up and they speak and, and we get to visit the hospitals. So just things like that, it just makes it, it makes it all worth it for me.
0: Yeah. Same question for you, Matt. Uh, yeah,
2: I mean, you would think that going to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis would be like a real, like, difficult experience and like you, you'd be shocked to see the kids just are happy they seem like they're they're not undergoing cancer treatment they're not on the verge of dying like it's it's incredible to see the way they set up that building the way they really everything's so colorful everything feels like a playground and we had a whole lineup of people who were in the hallway and kind of blocking the uh, blocking a somewhat narrow hallway (laughs) One one of the patients came up behind us like excuse me excuse me sick kid coming through and he's like practically laughing while everyone like just got into the hospital everyone's like and just i mean just seeing where the money's going seeing the impact that we're having is pretty awesome i also plan to do a lot more in terms of, it's hard to run an event in the United States that's for international causes and the most effective way to give to charity is usually gonna be international since costs of living and you know cost of supplies are so much lower in other countries. So we're also going to start doing some fundraisers where the net proceeds after uh, CSOP pays its bills for the year are also going to support some of the most effective charities in the world so that we're giving back on an international scale and not just nationally.
0: Very cool. Okay. And, uh, I also just wanted to say that yeah. I
2: just want to thank Lexi for all her hard work with CSOP, and she's Aww. the main reason that I say we when I talk about CSOP. People have like asked me because I'm the face of it. They're like, "Why do you? Why are you saying we?" Like, I'm not going to talk about CSOP as I. It's me. It's Lexi. It's Veronica. It's everyone else who helps coordinate the website, coordinate the media, do our marketing, our our creative, our graphics, You've all of the sponsors that help make this what it is.
0: Yeah, I think people never realize, you know, how much goes into that sort of stuff. I mean, I know I've done the charity events on a smaller scale and, and people have no idea uh, what goes on behind yeah. the scenes or, you know, even doing a podcast like this. People are like, oh, whatever, you, you do it and you record it, whatever. Uh, I think that's the that's the true heart of uh, of sort of small business is is all of those things. And it, frankly, if people don't know that you're having to do all the work, it's probably a good sign. Uh, but yeah, thanks to you, Lexi, on, on behalf of Matt, too, there for all the work, because I get it. I, I get it. It's a lot of work.
2: So five months ago, my first child was born the same day that we had our first event for the Golden Knights
0: Foundation. Oh, congrats. Oh. And thanks. What's, what's that, Lexi? What was that?
1: Also my birthday.
0: <laughs> on your birthday? Yeah, 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 yeah. Details. Uh, you know, I had, that, I had that happen. I delivered
2: her flowers on her birthday when <laughs> I showed up at Planet Hollywood, Okay.
0: Well, at least you'll remember her birthday now, too. I had that happened. I had a nephew born on my birthday, and it's like, my birthday immediately meant nothing. Like, it was just over. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was just it.
2: Yeah, my birthday is December 12th, so we're pretty close to that happening.
0: <laughs> what was that, Lexi?
1: Veronica is what, um, our event coordinator. She's also, she's December 11th, right?
2: December 11th, yeah. She's a day older than I am. Okay, now, um, anyway, may you <laughs> What I was getting at was it's funny that you said that like people don't realize how much goes into these events. But during that event, Lightsea actually came up to me and was like, I had no idea the kind of stuff you get put through during each event. I was like, Good, you're gonna help know all these answers so that you can help put out these fires. And uh, I think the we'll mingle of like poker in the future.
1: Because Matt wasn't there, you know, this was like uh was this our biggest event at the time that we had ever run? I think it was, right?
2: Not revenue-wise because the previous St. Jude event uh, that we were somewhat involved with not leading was a revenue event.
1: It was still it was still a really big event I think we raised over 200,000 for that one but I was not expecting Matt not to be there and you know his child just so happened to be born on that day so it was like all right let's see Veronica you're gonna do all of this. (laughs) I couldn't like I was like, okay, yeah, I got this. No problem. And then I get there, and there are a million people coming at every single angle. Can you fix the temperature? What's going on with the food? What's going on I'm like, everyone, oh, my God, leave me alone. Where is Matt? I want to cry.
2: (laughs) Wait, that's not even the real problems that were going on. The real problems were things like, hey, all the seats are sold out, and we have the VP. It's a senior VP of iHeartRadio who was comped into the tournament, and we don't have a seat for him. And we don't have the people, the four people with chips paired with the people with iPads taking the candy <laughs> so that they can get the chips to the players. We right. had one person who had migrated over from the registration team to the rebuy and add-on team. So technically we, were, we had one person trying to process rebuys and add-ons for 24 tables in the tournament. <laughs> it's all. Oh yeah, but, and, then, and then
1: Matt Savage coming up to me, he's like, okay, let's see, here's the microphone, make a speech. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So then I'm up there and I'm making my speech and I'm like, and I would like to thank Planet Hollywood and I would like to thank blah, blah, blah. And then I would like to thank, and I blanked on his <laughs> name him. But he was like, what? The, one of the head people of Biggest Golden Ice Foundation. Yeah. And he was like, I remember he was bad.
0: Well, that's, <laughs> but, <laughs> that, but that's, that's it. it. That's it. It's all the, the major things that you anticipate having to deal with. And then it's everything else. So,
1: <laughs> Matt actually showed up for like what an hour, and I oh, wow. was so relieved. I was like, okay, Matt, deal with this, 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 and that.
2: Yeah, I was on strict orders after Brittany, but, you know, the birth went well. Brittany and the baby were going to try to go to sleep. And I told Brittany I wasn't even going to go to the event. And I, I had various people texting my phone, like, are you really not going to come? Like, Matt Savage dang on the ground. Like, you're not even going to stop by? Like, <laughs> all right. So, mama that. finally let me out of the hospital on strict orders to be back by seven. So, yeah. I rolled in there, put out like eight fires, had someone threaten me with a lawsuit, had <laughs> to get the rebuys announced, processing, had to do an interview there were just like a lot of things going on and Lexi watched me just kind of bounce around the room trying to put out as many fires as I could while like other people are coming up to me and I have to prioritize everything and apologize to people that I couldn't talk to them at the moment like and she's I could see her looking at me like what the hell And <laughs> really? then she came up to me later she's like I had no idea what yeah. you go through in I was like it's
1: already hey, a like leading up to the event like I do like a lot of the marketing and a lot of the promoting and stuff like that but like day of yeah I'll hand out flyers and I'll you know I'll help with whatever they need but I did not know that there were that many people that could you know need things Th-
0: this There's is what this is why you got promoted now <laughs> this is why you're promoted <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah. I'm right. though. That was, a, that was a, that was a good practice. That was definitely.
0: Right. Right. For, well, hopefully, I mean, I know you're dealing with big wigs and you're dealing with all these, you know, quote unquote important people or whatever, but I would just hope that, you know, when you're dealing with a tournament like this, a charity tournament, I would hope that there's more grace that people are going to be have a little more leniency if you forget their name, or you forget to stop by, or your your child has been born and you're not there. I mean, <laughs> I, I think you know. I mean, I, I know you're kind of walking this tightrope between it's it's a big deal and and all of those things. With hey, at the end of the day, this is for charity, and you just hope that people are going to have a little more a uh, little more grace on that side of it.
2: They they do tend to, but we hold ourselves to a pretty high standard. Sure, is no question. Literally, no competition. Like, you can't go find anyone else who's going to help you run a charity poker tournament, file a gaming application, figure out all the little things. Like, are you going to go to Arizona and do it for someone a talking sticks of? Sure. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> right. No, I, I get it. Yeah.
2: I mean, like, I'm I'm just saying that when the Golden, when I met with the Golden Knights Foundation initially, they were like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you have no competition. Like, <laughs> so yeah. when they Googled, like, all right, we need someone to help us run charity poker tournaments. So they like, they couldn't come up with anything. Right. But We were right. the only option. So I was kind of like, like, oh, well, yeah, I guess it's kind of cool to think of it that way. But even though we have no competition, we we hold ourselves to a high standard just because we have. Yeah.
0: High yeah, as well as well you should, obviously as well you should, especially if they're paying or they're they're asking you to come in and, and help them out. You want to make sure that you're delivering on everything that you promised as well. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Um I think we, we've got about fifteen minutes left. Is that still cool with you guys? About fifteen more mm-hmm. minutes. I want to honor your time. Um but but you have an event coming up, and I know you just finished some other events and I could talk for half an hour about each one. I'm so curious about all of them. Uh but the one coming up on May nineteenth, uh, I believe that is your next event. And nope. you know What's that?
1: Our next event is May 11th.
0: Oh, okay. I looked on the website. I didn't see it. So maybe talk about, talk about what's coming up in the next month or two, whatever you see coming up that, especially if they're open to the public, you know, we've got a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, a lot of recreational players that have maybe never uh, participated in a, in a bigger, uh, a bigger event. So talk a little bit about what's coming up, especially those that maybe uh, people might be interested in across the country.
2: Well, later today, and hopefully by the time the, uh, this podcast airs, or this interview airs, will be uh, we'll have the new website launched. That's why we didn't have the information up there. We're in the middle of rebranding the oh, entire okay. website flyers and everything so that everything's kind of the same <laughs> branding specifications. That should be up today or tomorrow. We have an event May 11th. It's presented by Golden Knights Foundation, and it's benefiting the Golden Knights slide hockey team and Faith Lutheran hockey team. So the Golden Knights sled hockey team is the paralyzed players and otherwise uh, differently able people who play on sleds. It's pretty awesome to watch, actually, and the Golden Knights sled hockey team has kind of mirrored the Golden Knights' success and become one of the top contenders in the NHL sled hockey uh, across the country. So we're running a fundraiser for them and for Nevada's first hockey team. Uh, at the high school level, which is faithful for hockey. So, we're doing an event at Red Rock May 11th. It's $300 buy in with $100 rebuys and add ons. There'll be a silent auction as well. So, we take over Crimson Nightclub for that event, the same venue we used for the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital event. So, we have just a huge bar and then poker tables set up all around it in a nightclub that we take over. It's a pretty awesome little venue. And that should be a fun event. It's the first time we're running this event for them. And,
0: and is that open to the public, Matt? Or are these are these all invite only? The are they open to the public?
2: Yeah, all of our events are open to the public. I need okay. to start putting on all the flyers. I have this general assumption that people know that, but I know it's not the case, and that a lot of times people know that, like when celebrities are involved, a lot of times they're private events and blah blah blah. But yeah, but all of our events are always open to the public.
1: And Daniel Negreanu will be emceeing that event. So if anybody is
2: new fan, come on down. Okay, yeah, first, first Place is a ten thousand dollar World Series poker main event seat too. So you're not just playing for nothing. We also have a lot of fun prizes, like we give a thousand dollars to the chip leader at the end of rebuy add-ons and another thousand dollars to whoever has the chip or uh whoever is in for the most revised add ons. Okay, right. So we've got the biggest loser prize of a thousand dollars cash. Right. But uh, that usually creates a little action, especially toward the end when people right. are yelling across the river. How many rebounds you in for? I'm in for fifteen. I'm in for seventeen. I'm all in. <laughs> right.
0: Okay, okay. So, Lexi, what's your take on that com- that event coming up? Uh, how, what's your involvement, and what do you think about that one?
1: On the May 11th event? Yeah. Uh, just, just same. I mean, same as what I always do. i do yeah. you know all of the promoting and social media for it, and marketing, and. Uh, yeah, that event i actually is one of the first ones i'm not not gonna be at actually oh okay it, uh all of our events are, are so much fun so
0: yeah if you're okay in there, and and then may nineteenth is that the one is that the next one then
1: that is yes, that is the one that we wanted to really promote It's actually our first ever golf and poker charity tournament, so this should be interesting we're not uh we're not too knowledgeable about golf, so hopefully uh I'm sure that part will, yeah, hopefully that goes well, but um, it's going to be nice. It's going to be at the park Hyatt of the Ara in Carlsbad, California, and it's benefiting the uh, Folder Flag Foundation.
0: So, so yep. somebody, if somebody shows up to that one, let's, let's just say somebody shows up, they, they say, I can make it there, I'm going to drive there, I'm going to fly in, whatever it is, what, what would they expect coming to that event or even in general, a CS, uh, you know, CSOP event, just because, like you said, for you know, a lot of people know that it's open to the public, but for a lot of us, we're recreational players Maybe we're starting to move up in stakes. Maybe we're starting to get involved more. We really don't know much about it other than, hey, that's kind of a cool thing. So you know, I'll give, yeah. use this opportunity to kind of tell people what would they expect if they show up into, into the hotel or into the bar or the restaurant, wherever you guys are, and, and say, hey, I'm here to play. What would they expect?
2: A day-long party. Yes,
1: oh. exactly. It's so we always have a VIP reception party with uh, heavy hors d'oeuvres and cocktails, and that's where everyone kind um, of you know, mingles and listens up and then the tournament is always afterwards. And um, it's actually probably good for recreational players because you know some, rec- some recreational players may feel intimidated playing with professional poker players and a large majority of the people that do come to events are professionals. But the good thing is that the professional poker players look at it as a drunk fest. You play the worst possible poker you can. So that's <laughs> be very beneficial to the recreational players. So they shouldn't feel intimidated. And uh, if you actually take it serious, I mean, there are very good prizes to be won and uh, some some real money up top. So, um, just you know, what to expect is just to have a great time, uh, enjoy yourself, mingle. There we usually have some some kind of celebrity there, you know, um, athletes. Um, yeah, so it, it's always a, a really good time.
2: Yeah, I mean, you also uh, to the end of uh, to the point of people being intimidated. This is an opportunity for you to play with on the ground and Anthony Zeno and chance corneth and all these people who have won millions and millions and millions of dollars and all these titles but they're having a couple drinks and more than happy to explain to you like how the game works they don't care if they have to tell you how to post your blinds and like they're having fun no one's gonna be annoyed that you're slowing down the action and like it's this a much different vibe than even if you went into like your local casino to play one, two, you're going to have right. people there that are like annoyed when you take too long to act or you don't know when you're supposed to post or when it's your turn. Yeah. People so,
1: actually do play the worst possible poker and, and um, our events are bounty events. So what we do is we put a bounty on uh, the pros or celebrities. So if you knock out that pro or celebrity, you get a um, some kind of prize. So, you know, you can always walk away with bragging rights. You know, I knocked, I knocked out Daniel Negreanu or I knocked out Matt Stat, or whoever.
0: Um, and, and I know we, we emailed a little bit about this. Uh, when, do, when do you guys announce, like, who's going to be there? Because I'm, I'm intrigued about coming out on May 19th to the Folded Flag. I, I just think that would be super fun. I'd love to meet you guys in person or, you know, at least uh, who's ever there. Uh, but but kind of when, when could recreational players know, like, who's going to be there? Like, if one of their favorite players is going to be at one of these events, uh, do you guys release that on the website like in advance or is it kind of kept under the, under the vest until the day of?
2: Well, the, la- the the flyers that we put out a little closer to the event table have that information. It's always kind of tricky trying to nail down everyone's schedules and get a final list. You don't want to, right. to be there when they're not sure. You know, we're not paying appearance fees ever. All these people show up out of the goodness of their hearts. When you have people volunteering, it's a little tricky to get them to commit four months in advance and be able to put that on the flyer. So. We we try to keep the website and the flyers updated as we go so that anytime you go to the website it'll have the most current information on who we expect to appear.
0: Okay. And so how, how can people connect with you? What's what's the website and what's the Twitter? What's the what are all the different ways uh that the Direct poker nation can connect with you guys and start to start to follow you and maybe get plugged in on a deeper level?
2: Uh for sure. We We'll have the mailing list sign up on our website when it's launched at charityseriesofpoker.org. The Twitter is the CSOP, CSOP, and Facebook is just Charity Series of Poker, and our Instagram is Lexi. Charity Series of Poker. Okay.
0: Okay. if that
2: was the CSOP or charity series program because she does the Instagram.
0: <laughs> well, not, not anymore. She's she's not marketing work. exclusively now. That that's maybe she should get rid of that.
2: That's just twenty percent of her work now. Oh yeah. Just wait until she has to file her first gaming control board application next week. Oh, I'm she already can fall. I Already <laughs> I Called
1: my parents yesterday. I was like, I have to learn how to do gaming applications. What am I going to do? I don't know. They're like, Lex, you'll get it. You'll, be
0: you'll get it. <laughs> everybody everybody believes yeah. that you'll get it. Well, so let, let me... you
2: copy and paste from the first. It's not that hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's throwing terms at me like, all right, Lex, I need you to fill out this ENF 120 or ENF 130 and this W9 and this, this, that. <laughs>
2: Look, well, don't worry, you'll get it. I gotta go. It's <laughs> time for me to take the baby.
1: Matt talks so fast, and he like goes through things and explains things like this, this, and that. And I'm like, okay, wait, show me how to like copy and paste this into our dropbox. Right. <laughs> 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 Literally happened um, yesterday. He's like, do you really? Are you really asking me that? <laughs> so
2: I wasn't this- gonna call you out.
1: I was never computer savvy ever. So I'm learning this as I go. And that frustrates Matt sometimes, but I keep, you know.
0: I, I, I can I can see this is a problem to have you guys on the show at the same time. I might need to, to divide and conquer here a little bit. I, I'm sitting here in Switzerland in Minnesota between New York and <laughs> Vegas, trying to kind of hold you at bay. No, it sounds like you guys have a, a good fun working relationship and yeah, there you go, Matt. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I have every possible relationship other than a romantic relationship where, you know, we started as you know best friends and then i hired him as my poker coach and then i started working with him with okay and you know so we're we we talk pr- pretty much every single day and we fight like brother and sister sometimes but we just have this this mutual love for each other right yeah uh,
0: yeah 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 i, yeah, I got
1: you do you know how to balance each
0: other out I, think. I could sense that on email so I got an email from Lexi that's wondering hey is this just audio today or is this just video I don't know which it is and and I'm thinking okay well she just kind of wants to know what equipment she needs to have or whatever so I respond and, and then Matt of course chimes in right before she just wants to know if she has to do her hair or makeup so yeah. what's what's the truth Lexi why did you why did you ask that question um
1: I'm gonna say Matt kind of
0: knows <laughs> Look at her, you can tell.
1: <laughs> want have two minutes. <laughs> has, I'm wearing sneakers and a, and two. <laughs>
0: nice. Yeah, I've got you shorts are. on too. Nobody ever knows. It's the beauty of doing these sorts of things. Nobody has a clue what you're wearing. Well let's I wanna I wanna honor your time. Let me let me give you guys can you, each a last word. I guess we'll go Lexi first and Matt kinda you know what's what's kind of the one thing we didn't talk about that you'd really love. You know, we got several thousand people out here listening to this show that have maybe never uh, really looked up, you know, charity series of poker, I've never really investigated uh, playing in one of these events or knowing what it is that you do, the impact that you're having. So with that, just kind of give you guys each last word. Like what, what do you want people to know? What's going to uh, intrigue people enough to kind of check out your story?
1: Just um, know that we are trying to help as many different charities as possible. And, um, you know, we have nothing but good intentions and we always throw a, a really fun event and um, don't be intimidated just come on down even if you're not very familiar with poker it doesn't matter Um, you know you can even attend our um, our events you know just you could just join the VIP reception party you don't have to play the tournament if you don't want to um just come have fun have some drinks dance you know there's always music so just come on down it's a a really good time and you get to meet you you never know who you're gonna get to meet and help cool
2: yeah I mean we we're trying to do things like the best way possible. We we charge fees so low for the setup of these events that like these these beneficiaries laugh. They're like, really? Why are you not charging more? Um, we're we're just trying to set this up in a way where it's the the most simple logistical solution to run these events as effectively as possible. A lot of our events are showing two hundred to three hundred percent return on investment now for the setup costs, which is kind of where the five-year goal is for a lot of events. Like the Golden Knights Foundation was like, oh, it's fine if we have 80% 80 expenses to revenue in event one and kind of build that out to the point where it's 20 to 25% over the five-year plan. The first event we ran for them ran at under 30% expenses and we're gonna try to get that under 15% so that every event we're doing has a six or 700% ROI because of the Golden Knights Foundation name in Vegas. You know, there's a lot of things that you can leverage so that we we run events where they're for the right causes that have been vetted properly and they're run as effectively as possible while still giving some pretty huge prizes and making sure everyone has a good time.
0: Yeah, cool. I think I, I mean I've been involved in nonprofit leadership for for a long, long time, uh, and I think that the things that people are always looking for the most is is the money managed well are things run well? And is, you know, how do I know that there's actually impact happening? So it sounds like you guys are on the right track as far as making sure those things are happening. Cause are all important. Uh, and For sure. so I think, you know, I think that'd be my encouragement to the people that are out there is, Hey, this is run well, it's done professionally. They're trying to reduce the costs. And the impact they're having is fantastic. Check out the dollars that have been donated. Check out the list of the seven charities that are out there. Uh, they're, they're very different charities, but they're all changing the world in dramatic ways. So get out there, man. Play poker, have fun, meet your heroes, uh, live it up, uh, you know, and just have a blast with these guys. So uh, Matt and Lexi, I mean, thanks for thanks for coming on here. I appreciate it. Middle of your days, I know taking the time isn't always easy. Uh, you have to do your hair and makeup. I know you have to put on the CSOP T-shirt. I know that's a pain. You know all of these difficult things that are going into uh, anytime you do a podcast video. So thank you guys very much, and and best of luck in the tournament. And we'll be in touch. I, I am really interested in coming out for the May nineteenth thing. That way I can uh, report firsthand uh, rather than just sort of telling people, "Hey, trust me, I think it's really good." I'd like to get out there, experience it, and then tell people. So hopefully. Uh, we can make that happen. But uh, thank you guys so very much. And and best of luck on both the events coming up here uh, in, in May and obviously going forward.
2: Thanks, man. appreciate it. Thanks right. for having us on.
0: Yep. Have a great day. You too. All right. Well, thanks so much to Matt and Lexi for joining us. Just super interesting information. I love their heart. I love their excitement and their passion uh, for combining their Uh, their desire to play poker with their desire to change the world. And that's just kind of fun to see. So thanks to you guys uh, for joining us. Uh, there. And thanks again to Running Aces, uh, as always, for being our official sponsor. Make sure you check out RecPokerTraining.com. A lot of different things out there that you can uh, get plugged in with. Sign up for the newsletter. I send stuff out every once in a while with updates so that way you can stay informed and get any discounts uh, that we're offering. And uh, something I mentioned once in a while is we do have a number of folks that are supporting us on Patreon. Uh, if you're one of those folks that's just sort of enjoying this free content and you want to support uh, what I'm doing with this deal, uh, go to Patreon.com. You can support uh, Rec Poker for as little as a dollar a month. Certainly no obligation, no guilt, nothing like that at all. Uh, but if you're thinking, man, I'd like to support that deal and I'm not really buying any products, uh, that would be a great way to do it. And obviously we would be thrilled uh, if you'd come alongside of us in that way. So until next week... Uh, which will be Andrew Brokus is scheduled to be on the show next week. Super excited about that. So until then, uh, good luck on and off the show.